0: Hey everyone, and Ryan. Welcome back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Uh, Ryan, it's been a while. We've both been busy as heck of late. Yeah. Uh, Could
2: could you get... Stop making news, people. Please, just stop making news.
0: I know, right? It's really screwing up Ryan's fun time and making him do his day job. (sighs) Uh, But we have managed to see some films of late, uh, which is nice. Uh, There's a bunch of really, really big ones. You know, when we've talked yeah. about some of those, uh, this one is it's high profile in a specific market, if you will. Sure. Um, for For many reasons, uh, it is it's a it's a horror thriller called The Black Phone, uh, starring Ethan Hawke and directed by Scott Derrickson, who you may remember from uh, a bunch of other horror type movies and Doctor Strange. Uh, and if I recall, this is the movie he l- decided to make after
2: he left Doctor Strange 2. Uh, that's sort of, yes. I think that's accurate. Um, you know, uh, and Ethan Hawke came on because they had done Sinister together. Yeah. Um, and, and, and um, yeah, so this, yes. Essentially, I mean, the, the, he we kind of been thinking about this story for a while. Um, it's based on a Joe Hill, who was Stephen King's kids on yep. uh, his his short story but it's it's not entirely uh, the premise is is pretty much joe hill's story but the setting um and a lot of the character uh stuff is uh directly taken from uh, our director's childhood um which is kind of scary because some of the most horrific stuff in the film is actually uh the stuff that i think that that came directly from his life
0: yeah, so, so let's talk about that then real quick. What we've got is, uh, it's 1978, I believe, yeah. uh, and this town is being pl- kind of plagued by the disappearances of young boys. Uh, and they're being taken and then never found, and then another child will be taken. And uh, we're, we follow uh, our protagonist, Finney, played by Mason Thames, or Thames, or Thames, or whatever you'd like to pronounce it. If you're British, it would be Thames, I guess. Uh, but if you're not, it would be something else. Uh, but but uh, him and his sister who live with their widowed dad, who is, has some issues, mm. and mm. as a lot of widowed parents do, uh, often have some trouble coping, for lots of reasons in this case, which we will come to. Uh, but uh, uh, Finney is taken by the Grabber uh, as the press calls the Unknown Kidnapper. Uh, and he's in locked in this basement uh, and there's a black telephone hanging on the wall that is not connected, but rings and allows Finney to talk to previous victims of the Grabber. Uh... That, and that's the basic setup. So you have this kind sure. of conventional kidnapping plot with the supernatural overtones of the yes. Black Phone. Now, uh, again, we talked about this as Derrickson's film. He did Sinister, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, uh, Doctor Strange. So he he's well versed in the whole horror genre. Uh, this movie was written by C. Robert Cargill, who also wrote Sinister, Sinister Two, and Doctor Strange. So yeah. they work well together uh, as writer and director. And then, of course, we get Ethan Hawke as as our villain. Uh, what do what do you think of the conventional plot?
2: Well, okay, I mean, you know, I, the, the whole idea is based around this, um, you know, this phone. What, and what happens if the phone rings? And so they, that that's that's the, the the genesis of this, and then they kind of build around that. Um, I you know I think it's interesting. I think it's it's very tropey. Um, I don't know that it's like a you know stroke of brilliance or anything along those lines, but I think it's an effective tool. Um, we've had lots of movies where people communicate with the past or the future or the you know all sorts of things like that. So it's 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 a Hollywood thing. Um, uh, and you know, obviously, using as a horror device here, uh, which gives Finney the opportunity to uh, talk to all these these kind of disembodied voices, these these uh, former victims who don't even really know who they are anymore because they're just victims. Um, and I, I do think it's interesting that he knew the majority of the previous children who had been abducted, and I think that's that's fairly important um for some of the conversations he has. Yeah. Um I, you know, I think it I think it but the other thing that's going on in this film besides just that is is you have his sister who has this uh not only a, a kind of a, a, a you know family bond with her brother, but she she also has some supernatural sort of uh sort of thing where she she can dream uh dream of sort of the future or the current or you know um she she has some of that going for her which apparently her mother had uh, and which really her her father was really upset about
0: yeah because um, it because she heard voices and saw things and it kind yes. of drove her mad yes uh, and she takes her s- own
2: life so rather than you know i mean it, it's it's the i want to protect my daughter but how do i do that by beating her until she doesn't want to do have these her voices anymore anyway right. It, 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 I mean, Finney and, and his sister, I, I forget what her name is. Um, uh, Gwen. but uh, Gwen, yes. Uh, they, you know, have a very rough existence. Um, but one of the things that, that is interesting is because it is set in 78, back in the era where uh, many of us grew up without cell phones and without being able to be instantly tracked by our, our parents. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that the kids do in in this movie that, current people go, oh my gosh, They're oh, they're asking for it. Oh, they're just making, and it's like, well, that's kind of how life was in 70s and 80s before cell phones. Yeah, and you,
0: the, the level of independence of these kids, <laughs> all the kids, but yeah. especially those two, single parent, dad kind of maybe works nights a little bit. He also has it's his issues. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in but that house. I, I
2: think, but the thing I do like about the story more than anything is is that this is a film, where the adults are kind of useless unless they listen to the kids. Yeah. The kids are the ones that kind of uh, are, you know, able to, to you know, navigate this, this uh, supernatural sort of story.
0: Well, and to be fair, that's kind of a big deal right now. You know, yeah. we've got Stranger Things where most of the adults are incompetent. Uh, you know, so it's not it's not a bad way to go. I guess, no. to, to, to lean your story on that. And though, if, if if you want to think about it another way, if Stephen King, or Stephen King, if Steven Spielberg had made a straight-up horror movie, it probably would have taken the same approach. Because sort of, you yeah. know how yes. Spielberg loves to have the kids be the center of attention.
2: Well, you could argue Poltergeist was that, but, but yes. Um, but even then, Poltergeist centers most on young people kids yeah. so yeah yeah entirely yes i think and i think uh a part of it too is uh, there's a scene in the film where the, he's watching the Tangler, which is a, a horror film that's in black and white until you get the, the scene with all the blood and then the blood is in color and it's this kind of uh i don't know if it's scary now but i think uh it, it's provocative now but it would have been scary uh, when it came out in the uh, 60s or so. And, right. and when, and, and so this is, and that's also this lifted directly from, um, Derrickson's life. And so, you know, there's homages to, I think a lot of this is because it is based on, on his childhood, his adolescence that, you know, you almost have to have it be kids. Um, so I, you know, is it, is it formulaic? Well, yeah. We see it a lot but 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 i think also a lot of us our experiences with horror films start when we were were kids in a you know way whether it be in his case a tingler or me with uh you know i think the course her i, I call sleeping beauty a horror film i don't know whatever you want to think but uh the night of the living dead or you know the tv rated cuts of of the friday you know 13th first film or halloween or whatever but a lot of us get introduced to horror and kind of that early age so it makes sense for a writer to kind of build in that world
0: yeah and and it's it's it it, it's very effective and like i said it's it's instantly relatable for again he said it in 78 so i i think the audience for this actually probably might skew slightly older maybe not all the way to my ancient age but uh but you know It'll appeal to the twenty-something horror fan out there because it's got Ethan Hawke and he, you know, he's got the pedigree for it. But, uh, but it it feels like a film from my childhood and sure, probably and yeah. you know in your childhood. So it's it's got that same kind of vibe to it, which is which I love. I love films that try for a vibe and and, and actually get it. You know, that's why Stranger Things was so great because as a show, it, it went for the vibe and it hit it. And if it hadn't, yeah. Stranger Things wouldn't be the thing that it is. Derek's a hero. No, no. And and, and, and if, if it's based on his childhood, then yeah, it was, it's easier for him to get to it. But he still could have missed, because everyone's childhood is different from what they actually sure, sure. remember.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, and his was based in Denver. Um, I, I, I talked to Scott I should, uh, a little bit, um, and the, the feeling he was kind of, the atmosphere was the Ted Bundy years, um, which if he lived in Utah and were alive in the uh, the late 70s, early 80s and sort of thing, um, Ted Bundy was this looming sort of character. I mean, even as a young child, I, I knew who Ted Bundy was and um, it was just this atmosphere of doom. Like, there was nothing you could do if Ted Bundy was going to take you, Ted Bundy was going to take you. And obviously, he was taking young women um, rather than little boys but it's that same sort of atmosphere of uh, you know, even if you see it's it coming you might not be able to stop it
0: yeah and that's that that heightened uncertainty uh you know yeah I mean I mean I grew up in, in small town central Pennsylvania and you know there's always y'all you know, there's always stories there's the you know, the urban legends or the you know the boogeyman stories of if not your town then one town over yeah you know it, yeah. things like that so so it is it, it it strikes very genuine um now I said this this is this is a big deal release for a certain segment because there's a lot of other stuff out there that's got a wider appeal than this.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going
2: up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. How it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get twenty, twenty, a bit to get fifteen, 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 just fifteen bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows Full terms at Mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. But I mean this
2: is this is a bloomhouse horror film. Yeah. It's got Ethan Hawke in it. Um Ethan Hawke rarely if ever plays villainous characters. That is true. Um it's so it's a different for his very this his career has been this is even something different to that. Um he refers to this as his uh, he kind of had that the his his character wears masks mostly throughout the film. Yeah. Um and it's, so he he's kind of like this is his Greco-Roman the Greek mask sort of uh, drama. Um, one thing that I, that I think that makes this different than a lot of other um, horror films is that it's not as fascinated with the grabber um, as it is with the kids' world. Um, we get kind of bits and pieces of the grabber, but it's really more, he, he's not the central point of this. We don't get a scene where it's like him making his masks or him, you know, I mean, it, most he, he's really absent. For a lot of the film, um, although his presence is constantly felt, but he's 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 really off screen for a lot of this.
0: Yeah, so so in that way, it's kind of different from say uh, Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs, or you know, uh, countless other uh, uh, you know uh, 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 James McAvoy in uh, Split. Yeah, uh, you know it, it, that is a lot about the victims, but they do you know Shyamalan is trying to hit. How the villain got there, and yeah, Derrickson, he he almost plays Hawk as he's it, it's almost not even a lead role. I mean, because there's that actually that little screen time. If you I, I, if you broke it down, I'll bet there's not yeah. there's not that really that much there. So, relatively speaking, I mean, obviously he's there, but you're right. But he does loom as this presence, you know, much much like say the Hannibal Lecter does in Silence of the Lambs. Because he doesn't really have a lot of screen time, but once he's introduced, he looms over everything.
2: Sure, uh, and you know, and I think you know, a lot of horror franchises are built around their villain. That's kind of you know, I mean, a lot of them. It's it's how cool is the killer, whereas this 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 film doesn't really take that approach. Um, which doesn't mean you couldn't get prequels or you know, I mean, there's there's still plenty of. Of room that you could sequel this, um, and and he could the grabber could be the through character, but I do like the fact that that it's really they don't make any effort to try to explain why he does what he does, um, and I think that's a, a problem that we we have in in reality and working in news. Uh, this is something I see all the time: is well, why did they do that? Well, I don't know, and you know what? If I did and I understood. I think I'd be more terrified. Well,
0: I don't know what is more terrifying. Is it knowing or is it maybe there is no reason it, you know? Well,
2: is it because they're just crazy? Is it because they just like that sort of thing? You know, I don't know. Um, And and you can't know in the most of these cases. Why did someone do this? Well, I don't even know if they know. You know, you know why do people get addicted to drugs you try it once and you like it and you do it again and you you know whatever i mean there's a there's a lot of things where trying to understand someone who is is you know essentially uh, evil uh, i don't know that that's you, you always are going to get the answer you want on that so um you know i don't want to relate to the killer and, no. and there's no there's no time Definitely to not. relate to him at at all in this film so uh, it's, it's it's straightforward horror in that way but uh, it's also uh, because it is so focused on the kids, there is that kind of coming of age and, and being in that in-between, sort of having to take on life on your own again. This is sort of a Stranger Things sort of thing, uh, um, which is not originating with Stranger Things, but it, it's been around forever. But right. yeah, So I, I think it's an interesting film. I don't know if it's a great film, but I think it does things that are different. Um, I think it tries to be more than just a traditional horror film, while at the same time checking off a lot of those boxes for horror films. And so I appreciate that.
0: Oh yeah, and well, and you have to check off certain boxes, uh, or else the horror community won't, or is less inclined mm-hmm. to to kind of accept what you might be doing beyond those things. So yeah, it's it's not. I I I I, I say it's not terribly groundbreaking creatively, but it also is. Uh, you know, it's it it's not. It's not something you haven't seen before, oh. but you do get to see it in a in kind of a different way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's yeah. but and that's what you have to do cuz I mean, otherwise you you make a film that no one can relate to or you make the same film everyone has already seen and no
2: one cares to see that. Yeah. And and you know, and and you know, we we're in a day and age where everyone's like, "Well, is it elevated horror?" Well, no. no. It doesn't feel like A24, but at the same time, it's not stupid. So if there's a space between like dumb horror and elevated horror, which I would think is I don't know good decent horror, right. that's where this is.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Know, not groundbreaking, but it, it, it's 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 a good it's a good watch.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it, it's a really good watch. I had a good time uh, catching it Friday uh, on your recommendation, so I appreciate that.
2: And and one thing to point out that the two kids this is their first films. So I mean, you know, this—they're—they're this, they're not usually kids in the first films are given pretty minor roles. Sometimes, right. sometimes they get bigger roles, but I mean, this film is really carried by the two kids in their relationship, and uh, you know, yeah, good good for them. Let's, yeah, let's, let's uh, the, the, the
0: the kid that plays Finney, Mason, uh, he's done some TV work, yeah. and uh, Madeline McGraw, who plays Gwen, uh, has a she has a long filmography but it's it's very short because it started on TV in 2014 but then she played uh a, she was in American Sniper as a young girl uh she was in uh, uh what do we got Pacific Rim Uprising as a young girl uh a younger, yeah. young hope in like, Ant-Man and Man the Wasp in 2018 so yeah, she's she's at that, least so, been yeah. on a movie set I if sure, not but the yeah, lead but I
2: mean, sure
0: so I and she she voiced Bonnie in Toy
2: Story Four. So she's been a, she's been so she, an expert. No, no. I mean they've been around the industry. Yeah. Yes, but they're still. I mean to throw them into it where they they're young kids carrying a story. But, and I, I like that. well,
0: and and it is nice. But plus, this isn't like some tentpole franchise thing that they're trying to carry either. So it it, no. it, it, it is a, it is still I kind almost an indie horror. So that that helps if you're going to use you know. I don't even know the correct... Less experienced younger actors. I won't say, you know... Nobody actors or whatever... Because that's not right. Uh, But, you know, so it's... Like I said, but you're not throwing them into like a... 60 million dollar... Horror franchise or something. So... I don't even know what the budget on this was... But it had to be a little bit... Because they're paying... Well, not that Hawk demands ridiculous money... But, you know... Uh, but you know Derrickson and Cargill so but yeah, no it's it's uh I think the effects parts and there are effects uh are fairly well are, are well, not not fairly they're pretty well done, uh which is good the uh the twists are there to help you uh, think you know just enough to realize that you should have known what they didn't want you to know, <laughs> which a couple of times I was like, oh, I knew that it's like why did I not know that or i I know I knew that. So, uh, it, no, it's 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 well put together. I think people do need to. If you're a horror fan, it's definitely worth seeing. If you didn't go out and see it opening weekend, uh, I don't know. I don't know where it fell in the box office this time, but we'll have to we'll have to check those numbers. Uh, but no, it's uh, unfortunately Maverick is still making a ton of money and eating up screens. <laughs> so, uh, uh, th- but yeah, no. If you need something other than that. Uh, definitely give this one a give this one a whirl. It's it's uh, well worth uh, your investment to see something that's you know it's smart. It's not insulting, uh, and it's and it's well put together, and it's done by people that know the genre and like the genre. Uh, and uh, that is again, you can't overstate how important that is to a genre film. You know, you don't want someone that doesn't like sci-fi or horror directing your sci-fi or horror. That just doesn't work.
2: Uh, it looks like it came in fourth with 23.
0: Fourth at 23? Uh, I don't care what yep. position it came in. If it made 23, yep. that's a great opening.
2: Yep, 23. Just right behind. Top Gun was at 30. Elvis was at 30. 30. So uh, Jurassic World was 26 yeah. and Black One was 23. Yep. So there you go. Uh,
0: that's that's a nice, that's a, that's a solid fourth place up against those other three given their yeah. box office appeal. Yeah. We've talked about the quality of various of those films. Uh but their box office appeal, that's that's a really, really great opening for this film. And I hope I hope if you didn't see it on opening weekend, give it a give it a go this week or over next holiday weekend if you need to go see a movie. Because nothing says fourth of July like a kidnapping and horror movie. Uh that might not be right, but it feels wrong. So, <laughs> but uh yeah, definitely check it out. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. So yeah, Ethan Hawke is our villain, which is great. Uh, Scott Derrickson is in horror solidly. Uh, I'm wondering now what he actually would have done with Doctor Strange 2. Because he still, yeah. his story fingerprints are still credited to Doctor Strange 2.
2: Well, as his cargo. So, so
0: yeah. it it's it, interesting and which I rewatched
2: last night by the way,
0: Doctor Strange 2. Um,
2: and, and to to, to be perfectly clear in this, it would be a question I'd like to ask was not a question they wanted us to ask, so I didn't ask that. Good call. If I had, if I had you know ten minutes with them rather than four, right? Okay, then I then I can go there. But uh, just kind of out of courtesy to the studio who let me talk to him, let's talk about the movie they, they had me talk to him about. So. Oh,
0: yeah, that's a completely different argument.
2: <laughs> so yeah. I I totally get it.
0: Uh, so cool. Uh, we've got a couple of screenings coming up this week for movies that people are going to want to see uh two more big ones which might might push this one might keep this one from well if word of mouth keeps up i think it'll do okay uh it'll it'll hang on i don't think it's ever going to win the box office especially not with what's coming out but i, I think it could stay top five or six uh, for a few weeks i think it. i think it could do that that wouldn't surprise me at all so uh but yes but until we get back to those uh, don't forget to like us. Follow us on social media at VS Movie Podcast. You know how that works. Uh, share us with people. Tell us what you think. Let us know if we missed a movie. Let us know if you think we're wrong about a movie. Because then we'll tell you why we're right. Maybe, or maybe you'll convince us yes. we were wrong. I don't know. Oh, Depends or, on. How. Or we'll just agree to disagree. Well, we may agree to disagree. But I guess we'll, we'll 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 play that by ear. Uh, but uh, until we come back with those more bigger better tentpole type films that are actually coming out this week or we're screening this week stay safe be good i'm mark that is ryan bye ryan you. Uh, and we will talk to y'all later